to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! I'm just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. Hey, no. <laughs> Damn it, let's just go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Horror Throwdown podcast, Brendan Fraser edition, where we talk about a Brendan Fraser movie and a horror movie released within the same year. And then try to decide if Brendan Fraser would survive that movie. I am Joseph Kincaid, and the first idiot you heard was Cisco Navarro, my glorious co-host. I am also here on the and line. I'm glorious. That <laughs> you are. <laughs> also on the line, we also have producer Trunks, and you hear the giggling of our very first guest, but we will introduce him momentarily. And then for the guest who hasn't been introduced yet, if you want to giggle, that's more than you know, you're more than welcome to. I can giggle. Uh, I've been known to giggle. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're a giggler. <laughs> You're a giggler. Um, the giggle cast. So before we get into like what we're talking about today, I just want to first thank everyone since this is the first episode we're releasing since going live. And the response has been overwhelming and I can't thank everyone enough. Uh, we are on most podcast, major podcast distribution networks now, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Instagram for a little bit when we're not being hacked at horror <laughs> throwdown podcast <laughs> that was that was a fun thing to wake up to and deal with instagram to try to get our login back in but yeah so that this means, is, that this means is our first official we're we're doing something right and yeah we have a theme song now which you just heard for the very first time and so that's exciting i produced it all on my own using some weird program that does 8-bit music <laughs> maybe that'll be more reason for us to get uh you know Act again, yeah. <laughs> just just about users of that program you use. <laughs> like we're hacking this page, yeah. And then, so yeah, this is our first episode of recording since going live. Full disclosure: we did record another episode that came out horribly. Um, once we finished recording, I said we'll never, we'll never release this. I it's just me going on tangents for over an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> I, I put my, I put my heart and soul into Tammy and the T Rex part. You did so good. In, okay, it'll never, I, it'll, I, it'll, it may never see the light of day. Because <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it's going to see the light of day because it we paired it with the Brendan Fraser movie, so it's going to be either re-recorded or released somehow. I don't know, maybe a Patreon. Who knows? If you want to give money to us, we're uh, we're more than willing. We accept. So Dogecoin. today, no Dogecoin. Aww. No Dogecoin. Because if we get Dogecoin, then we're for sure going to get hacked. I'm telling you that that's right true. now. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if Elon Musk is listening. I heard he's a he big whorehead. He does not care. <laughs> he does not care about Tammy and DMX. I'd like to imagine Elon Musk. I'd like to imagine Elon Musk just like constantly searching podcasts for any sort of Brendan Fraser content. <laughs> <laughs> that's just something he loves. A Brandon Fraser alert. <laughs> yeah. It gets a notification of our fucking um like our uh what, what's it called our cover art our beautiful oh, design yeah. by trunks Elon Musk this season takes off his sunglasses <laughs> that he's wearing indoors and just goes oh my god you know <laughs> i think that's fun all right let's get back on track boys uh so today we're talking about the year 1992 and before we get into the movies here are some fun facts about the year 1992 uh, Cisco and I and Cody were all two years old. Pretty sure Trunks was three. No, Cody. Trunks was two, two. Trunks was, how old are you? I don't know how old Trunks is. He's, he's the same age as us. He's, uh, okay, he's I guess he was saying it's two. One thing I failed to mention since we launched, one of our biggest complaints was that somehow Trunks talks too much and talks too little. <laughs> so we're going to have to see what we're going to do with him on the remainder of this show, but we'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, we'll figure it out. So here's some fun facts about 1992. Uh, Bill Clinton was elected the U.S. president. Mafia boss John Gotti was sentenced to life in prison after being found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and racketeering. The cable television network, Cartoon Network. I like, I like how Trunks put the cable television network. That was fun. Cartoon Network was established by the Turner Broadcasting System in October of 1992. McDonald's opened their first franchise in Beijing, China. Oh, shit. One Miley Ray Cyrus was born. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer pleads guilty but insane, and the jury finds him sane and guilty of killing 15 boys. That was the right choice. And then Rage Against the Machine released their debut album. Also, oh, yeah. fun facts about 1992 was that two films were released. One starring Brendan Fraser, the film Encino Man, and the second, the iconic horror film Candyman. See what we did there when we were pairing these up? Both movies ending with man. Yeah. That's fun, right? It's fun. Because I have... Fun time. 
I have gotten asked, like, how did you pair the movies together? And I was like, I, I don't know. You know, it's fun <laughs> when you have to tell people it's fun. So <laughs> yeah. we're all having fun, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> the other voice you're hearing is my best friend since the second grade, soon to be father of the year, Cody Riley. Welcome, Cody. Thank you for being Hello, here. Hello, everyone. They've heard him for like the past That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all he's going to say on the show. But no, like I said, Cody's been um, my best friend for years. He's more than a friend of me. He's like my brother. And I'm happy that the the honor of first official guest is him. So thank you for being here. And my first official because the last one fucked up. We paid the fifth. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to say it. I'm sorry, Trunk. <laughs> But yeah, you are the first official uh, <laughs> guest going going live. We don't, we don't, wanna, we, don't one... want, we don't want to say you're the B team, but <laughs> oh no, I'm eight. aware I'm the B team. You're, it's fine. you're not you're not the A team. That's all I'll say right there. I don't know how much um, more I can make this Cody or Cody. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, Cody. Sorry. You 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 were our second choice, um, <laughs> but I I ruined that last episode very badly, and I take full accountability. <laughs> I, I take full accountability for it. It may see the light of day. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Cody's on here, soon to be soon to be father, which is very exciting. And then Cody also mentioned a couple of things that he didn't want to talk about. But you know, this, this is a gotcha podcast, baby. So uh, <laughs> I'm putting Cody on the spot. Uh, Cody told me earlier that he thinks Brandon Fraser's worst performance is his guest stint on the show Scrubs. <sighs> well, don't even put that into the world because you know that's not true. <laughs> Cody also said you. that. Cody also said that every horror movie is stupid except the collector the collector series. Oh, I stand and, by that. <laughs> those are the only movies that matter. I got I got nothing else. Cody, how, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I was looking forward to being on this. I was talking all day, saving my voice for you guys still. And just gets attacked immediately. I know. Like I regret all my decisions I've made today. <laughs> I will say this. I would rather watch the collector than the purge or house of a thousand corpses. Leave I agree your- with half of that. <laughs> Leave it for next week. All right. Leave it, Cisco. Jesus Christ. Anytime I gang up on someone, Cisco comes comes from my throat for the purge, which is very unwarranted, but I don't know. Nobody else knows this except for Cisco, but Cisco and I have a bond yes, that is we unspoken. Can, we, we can't talk about it. No, we can't talk about it. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Um so enough, Cody, we, we, what is your no, go on, Cisco. I, I, I I'm gonna, really curious about what you're gonna say. I was gonna say it's weird that everyone like we've all at some point, everyone in this has been roommates with each other. That's, yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Because me and Trunks lived I'm... in San Francisco together for like three months randomly in the summer. Uh-huh. Further, it makes me question the decisions I've made in my life. <laughs> yeah, Cody was my first roommate. Um, so that's fun. That's a memory that I'll try to scrub from my memory, but you know what it is. Good luck. Um, <laughs> so, Cody, what's your history with? Brendan Fraser and the horror genre. Well, the first thing I remember seeing Brendan Fraser in was The Mummy. I actually went to go to the Santee Drive-In to watch. Um, I don't know. Did that come out the same year as the first Austin Powers movie? No. Does anybody know? No. Uh, no. Have you ever watched Austin Powers? Powers um, in the Drive-In too? Uh, okay. Because I couldn't remember what it was a double feature with. But I know I saw The Mummy in the Drive-In. I was the only one mm-hmm. not scared, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And um, but the next like memorable moments that I remember with him is from Scrubs. Um, played like one of the most important characters in that show, I think, for one of the other characters in the show, and it's very mm-hmm. emotional moment. Joe, I'm sure can agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, but I mean, honestly, like I didn't realize how many Brendan Fraser movies that I've seen, but that were Brendan Fraser movies until Joe started being obsessed with them. So made me kind of. <laughs> reflect on that a lot of other good movies though like he uh blast from the past is really good bedazzled is always slept on monkey bone is fun too so um Mm -hmm. as far as horror movies i remember the first one i ever watched was um i know what you did last summer i was up at like three o'clock in the morning could not sleep and then i turned it on to the part where they tried to jump back into the lake to retrieve the body they dumped and the person got grabbed and i had nightmares for years so (laughs) yep that's uh <laughs> that's horrifying. A movie to watch. It's become a horror, like a horror trauma podcast. Like what score, like what horror movie like affected you the most? Prince of Egypt. <laughs> Stop wow. mentioning the Prince of Egypt. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like the third time you mentioned that. 
you know, you definitely mentioned it last week. You've, you've probably done it before. I don't know. Um, I'm asking for help. I'll, I'll, I'll watch The Prince of Egypt again. That's fine. So like I said earlier, the two movies we're diving into today. First up is Encino Man, released on May 22nd, 1992, starring Brendan Fraser, Sean Astin, and Polly Shore. This movie is about... That was, a, that was a Memorial Day movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a, <laughs> a Memorial Day Jesus release. Jesus Christ. And it paid off because the budget of $7 million ended up grossing uh, $40 million total. So definitely considered a hit. Encino Man follows Stoney, played by Polly Shore, and Dave, played by Sean Astin. They're two high school outcasts who find the caveman, played by Brendan Fraser by the name of Link. Well, they call him Link. He is trapped in ice in their backyard. They thaw him out and show him around town. And although Link is slow to catch on to these basic concept, concepts of 20th century life, he has no trouble impressing all the girls and helping Stoney and Dave find the coolness they've been searching for. This was Brendan Fraser's first lead role in a major motion picture and he killed it. It's, it's actually pretty filling. It, it's actually pretty fitting because he, uh, yeah, he killed it. He only has like a total of, I don't know. I was like, how many lines in the movie total? And none are like complete sentences. How many Five. different lines or how many actual lines? Because I guess it's just actual like speaking lines. He has quite a bit, but it, it's mostly just like one, two word responses. He, he does really good like physical comedy here. He actually does. I agree with that. Um, some tidbits about this movie is that at one point, Jim Carrey and Nicolas Cage were considered for the role of Link, which I, I don't see. Okay, I was going to say I don't, I don't see Nick Cage doing it, but I can't see Jim Carrey in this. Um, and then Pauly Shore actually auditioned for Link, but he didn't get it. But the producers loved him so much that they wrote the part of Stoney for him. Uh, please call him by his full Christian name, Linkovich Chamatsky. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna dive into that because honestly, I'm gonna bury the lead here. Um, I didn't care for this, but anyways, so the movie opens up with uh, Link in the past, you know, trying to make fire with the cave woman, and then there's an earthquake, and Link screams. They get they they try reaching out for each other, and they get buried in ice, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to modern day, where Dave, played by Sean Astin, wakes up, and there's an earthquake going on. Shortly after you kind of get like what Dave's purpose in the movie is, he's in his backyard just digging a massive hole and says he's going to call it a pool because he's talking about how they're losers and that he wants to have the pool finished by prom so that he can not only win prom king, but also have a massive party in his backyard. So and dumb. My whole thought was like, there's so many other ways <laughs> that you can... You can like show people you're cool instead of physical labor of building this pool in your backyard. Nothing says cool um, like building your own pool. Okay, actually thinking about it, I, I would if, if someone built their own pool, I'd be that, that'd be pretty cool. Sure. But besides the point, I don't think I don't think in 1992 this was the hot thing to do in Encino was to build pools for yourself to gain popularity. After that, there's some school scenes where you're introduced to Robin, who Dave has been friends with for years and has a crush on because recently she, quote, became a total babe. <laughs> so, so nothing like a little misogyny, like didn't like a friend until they got hot. Um, there's some school scenes. You're introduced to Matt Wilson, which is uh, Robin's boyfriend and the main like antagonist of the movie. And the best character. Cool. We'll get into we'll get into it later, but yeah, I actually liked <laughs> Matt Wilson for a little bit, mainly because he had like a really stupid face. Um, yeah, and he just kept looking at people like really dumb. After the school scene, they go back to the pool, and that's where they find they find Link in this giant just block of ice. So what they do is that they put him in their garage and just put a bunch of like space heaters on him to get <laughs> to get him thawed. Their stuff intertwined, you know, there that Dave's getting bullied at school, blah, blah, blah. And then once Link wakes up and is thought out, that's when just the madness ensues. Brendan Fraser just starts going through the house, like screaming at the TV. At one point, he starts fighting the garbage truck, which was fun. <laughs> um, because he's just this like thought out caveman, just covered in mud, just screaming at things. Like he's, he's seeing everything for the first time. So that, that, was, that was a fun sequence. Then Dave and Sony come home, they find Link and then they clean him up and decide to they decide to keep him instead of going doing the <laughs> doing the right thing of saying they found the caveman and their pool they're digging up in their backyard. This movie has a lot. 
uh, like a lot of plot holes. And then Dave's family comes home and the house is a mess. And then he gets away with it by saying, yeah, Link is an exchange student. And his parents are like, yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, they convince him. Well, they don't convince him, but they take him to school and get him registered. And Cisco, what was his full name? Linkovich Chomosky? Chomosky? Linkovich Chomosky, yeah. Something, something nice. And Estonian. they use and they use their dogs um like medical yeah. records as <laughs> his organization. That's <laughs> 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 so stupid. So it's like flea vaccine. Anyways. And then yeah, more hilarity and hijinks ensues. Uh Stoney kind of takes the link under his his wing. And one of the most fun sequences is when they go into the uh convenience store and uh, Link is taught like the four basic food groups, and Stoney's just giving him candy. He's like, Groot. He's like, Meat. He gives him frozen burrito. <laughs> All this stupid shit. And did y'all notice one of the um, the clerks in the convenience store was my boy Eric Avari from The Mummy? I did. Yes. Uh, looks like Trunks didn't know that. He's freaking out over there. He just threw his headphones at the computer screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun time. So that, 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 was, that was good to see him. And then afterwards, Tony takes him to Mega Mountain, aka Six Flags, and they pretty much bond. And that's when Stony starts like, um, no, Link starts copying like everything like Stony's saying. So he's like, "We's the juice, we's the juice, we's the juice." <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, okay, the more I'm talking about it, the more like, <laughs> the more I'm going up to enjoying it. Uh, they they become popular, Dave and Stony, because of Link, and so they get invited to like where all the popular kids hang out. There's like an ice rink where everyone hangs out and Link gets punched by Matt Wilson and he doesn't like, he just takes the punch and everyone's like, whoa, no one's taken a punch by Matt Wilson and survived. And that got me thinking, how many people has this bully killed in this universe? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> they made it seem like a lot. Yeah, no, 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 um, not a 20 pound man could kill anyone. Yeah. And he just, yeah, he just takes the punch and I was like, okay, that's fine. What else happens here? Yeah. Just showing more stuff like, Link getting popular. Um, yeah, we get the classic montage. Yeah, like a montage. We get a really sweet history museum scene where Link finds like he sees that his family is and his life is pretty much like dead, and he kind of like breaks down. And then Dave and Stony like hug him and assure him that he's family. I thought that was sweet. If anyone learned anything from the journey to the center of the earth episode, they they know that I love a good sweet sentimental moment in a movie, especially if it's like done well. Uh, and then what happens next? I think this is where Link just jumps in a driver's ed car. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and, just, and then starts just like driving around Encino on the side, like the left side wheels. <laughs> Goes like that for a while. Did you see his parallel parking job too? Like this guy has never even seen a car in his life and he parallel parks so perfectly. Drifts right Yeah, that, that was fun. That was fun because at one point, Robin said that she doesn't know how to parallel park to save her life. And then this literal caveman <laughs> <laughs> somehow knows how to operate a vehicle parallel parks perfectly. Um, they realize the tires are all messed up and then they go into a bar. And this is like a part that I didn't like at all. They go and they just start like hanging out. They start dancing. There's like this really like racist caricature of Mexican men there. <laughs> and they're like, and Stoney's like with them for my, a minute. My boy, my boy. I didn't, I didn't like it. it's just it's, it's really fucked up and i was like wow they just got away with a lot in the 90s didn't they and then some more hijinks go on robin realizes she doesn't like matt wilson because he's a dick realizes that she likes link and then dave's pissed <laughs> dave's pissed because when cops come to the bar they're clearly minors they're high school students link and dave both get arrested but stoney and robin go out with the mexican men and then they're just like in the car, like saying, we use the juice and buddy. <laughs> just it made no sense. So Dave's in jail and then he decides to call. He makes his one phone call to, to call Robin. So stupid. And then he's like, I'm tired. He's like, I'm tired of waiting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step up and will you go to a prom with me? And she's like, no. <laughs> she turns him down and it's just like, but I'll go with Link. Um, during this whole time, Matt Wilson just like pissed and tries to find like the real story on Link, and that's where he breaks. Like, he breaks into he breaks into Dave's house, which Dave can't go to prom because he's on probation from being a minor in a fucking bar and stealing a car, and you know everything else. 
he goes and finds the photographs that they took of Link first, like being thought out to like record it for like science, obviously. Then the bullies show up to the prom after Link and Robin both win prom king and queen. Uh, <laughs> they didn't give the entire timeline from like when it started to like the prom. I, I wouldn't expect it to be like more than a couple weeks. So the fact that Link already got prom queen is pretty yeah. bullshit for the people who yeah. put their work in for the past four years to gain popularity in high school to just have it ripped down in front of them from a fucking caveman. Mm. Uh, but Matt, Matt Wilson comes up and tries to expose everyone and he's like, he's a caveman. And everyone's like, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> just so psychotically. Uh, and then everyone's like, like, they don't care. They're like, Link is just cool, like himself. Like, that's fine. Um, and then that's when Matt Wilson takes a deep, a deep dive on my ranking of best characters oh, yeah, in this movie yeah, yeah. because he yeah, calls man. him, he, he calls Link a, a horrible homophobic slur. And then they like Link just beats the shit out of Matt Wilson. Well, I think David tries to like stop him at first. That's what leads Link to actually defend him. Yeah, because they're their family. See, it's cute. It all comes together. And then they start yeah. dancing more at the prom. At one point, they all do like a choreographed dance. Members yeah, of Suicidal Tendency are playing in the band in the back. It's just, it's it's a very early 90s scene. And then after all of this, Dave's, you know, manifestation comes true because the pool is like fully finished. Um, with <laughs> it's a, not with fully a finished, it's just full of, like, of water. It's just... In the rain. He didn't finish it. It's just a hole in the No. I don't know. I didn't, I was, I was already like checked out checked out um, yeah <laughs> but everyone like everyone was there they had a bunch of like pool toys and i was like okay um and that's when like dave and robin like finally like robin's like oh i do like you that was and i was like okay like that didn't feel earned at all but then the the last kind of like zinger which was fun is that stony and link find similar markings and stuff like to when link first popped up and then they open up the bathroom and they see a cave woman taking a bath You're taking and a bath Link's girlfriend <laughs> from the past and i was like she's in a full bubble bath <laughs> so, so this cave woman just knows how to like draw a bath for herself and like get clean and then they jump in and she's like oh and brendan frazier does a lot of really fun us in this movie and then they clean her up and then make her just like the most stereotypical early 90s like blonde hair blue eyes like just southern california woman and then that's like link's girlfriend now so everyone gets a gets a gets a partner and then fades to black and it says it says the end and then underneath the end it pops up saying buddy which is you know (laughs) Polly shore's catchphrase and that is encino man's breakdown yeah, that's all I can really say yeah. about it. I didn't really care for it that much. <laughs> yeah. My, I have a question. Did you do you change your mind on your opinion of this movie after talking about the synopsis of it? No, I think no? I think it's still a, I think it's still a firm uh, one and a half star for me. Uh, what I will say is that I thought like because Brandon Fraser was just like they were just like act like a caveman and he did that well. I thought him and Stoney's interactions are very fun because. In general, I think Polly Shore is a pretty funny character, even though a lot of people I feel would think he's obnoxious. Um, oh, he is. My biggest the best way. <laughs> my biggest, my biggest gripe with this movie was actually Sean Astin. I thought he was unbearable in this. I, I was going to say that too. I was going to say that his, it's uh, his weird that Matt's character was more likable than Dave's character. I For hated the, the Dave character. Yeah. Like it was just I mean, like because at first I felt bad for Matt because like he was dating Robin like even if he was a bully like Dave was just straight up trying to like hit on another person's girlfriend the whole time yeah although it did put up the best scene where it's like Dave waving to Robin in the classroom and you see Matt's face popping in the corner slowly <laughs> shaking his head yeah the best part we'll, we'll we'll put it in the Instagram post we'll put that gif in there um yeah I thought he was just so fucking annoying like the whole time um it's funny because I think Rudy comes it, out like a year after this, right? Which is weird because I love Rudy. Yeah, Rudy's good. So it's weird that this is like only a year off. Yeah, Rudy's great. The Goonies is great. I'm not going to talk much about. I'm not going to talk much about Lord of the Rings because I don't have much um, like history with it. I, I can't was, defend it. But I know a lot of people like him as he was good. He was good as Samwise. And he wasn't he Bob in Stranger Things. Yeah, people love him. He was a lot of people in a lot of things. Okay. Yeah, I liked him him a lot in Stranger Things. (laughs) My favorite role of his was in 51st Dates. 
Oh, he Drew, did have a good role in that. He's uh-huh. Drew Barrymore's brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First dates. Peanut butter cup. Uh-huh. So what did, what did you guys think? Because I feel like I'm in the minority here, clearly, of enjoying this movie. <laughs> you are. You definitely are. Uh, I'll say this. I, I did like it. I mean, obviously, yeah, we can agree that, you know, Sean Astin's character definitely was not very likable. Brendan Fraser did a great job in this role, but especially with the stuff he had to do, dancing in a loincloth covered in mud. Uh, his facial expressions are great. Yeah. Um, I love that yeah. scene, like we said, when they did the call back to them discovering that the cave female had come back and they're like, Whoa! and then they, they, <laughs> yeah. they pretty much reenacted the whole scene of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Stoney and uh, Dave in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like mm-hmm. that call back. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, this was a very sexist movie. And then dropping the the big homophobic homophobic slur at the end was definitely not great. Uh, I mean, back to what you were saying. I mean, I don't want to dive too deep in it. I mean, it gets hard with movies like this. I mean, sometimes it's people. It, it's easier for people to grow and you know change their ways. I really wasn't you know the best, but it's hard for movies. Movies can't change once they're done. They're done. Right. Um, right. I think it's like a product it's, of their time, really. Yeah, and I mean, that's not an excuse to be like, hey, that wasn't cool. I, I think right. we're 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 older. We can at least say, hey, you know, this movie was this, but. Obviously, right. what was said was not cool, but we, we're, we're, we're adults now. We can be like, hey, we'll never, we don't say that word. So yeah. that's what I went to, That's what when I watch some of these older movies, I go into mindset thing like, there's probably going to be some bad stereotype. There's going to probably be some, uh, I mean, like, I love Trouble and uh, Big Trouble in Little, in Little China, and there's mm-hmm. definitely some bad Asian stereotypes in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, when I watch it, like, I was like, I'm not obviously going to go around being inf- influenced by this. Definitely harder mm-hmm. for younger generation when they watch it because they're growing. As we're older, we've already you know gone through our stuff. So right. that's why I, I kind of enjoy this movie because I just saw it for like Brendan Fraser doing his acting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I just enjoyed that. He he made the movie enjoyable to me. That's what I loved. I loved all his mannerisms. Uh, mm-hmm. He has fa- he has fantastic care. Whatever they put him in the nineties, he had the <laughs> yeah, he had great caveman had great dread, hair. and then. Georgia mm-hmm. Jungle, uh, the locks, but mm-hmm. that was my take on it. I got some opinions. I feel the, like that it, spice meter, spice. No, I, I like it. I like it more than Joe does. That's for sure. I can guarantee that. But it yeah, felt like you, you kind of talked about the montages a little bit, and then now when I was thinking about this, it, like the movie is basically one big montage. It does feel like yeah. a montage. If, it's basically yeah. like it's full of montages. But it also felt like the way that the story is progressing. You know what it reminded me of, Joe? It reminded mm-hmm. me of something that we would have written for your senior exhibitions in high school. Like, it's yeah, and then somehow, and then somehow, and somehow this I've seen that. This too. came out. This came out better than our senior exhibitions. <laughs> we had years <laughs> to improve on that. That that could be a Patreon bonus. Who knows? Okay, okay. so we. Do you want me to lay down link stats? As he, yeah, let's know. Let's know. Link stats. Yeah, we at the end, Cody. We always. Pick, we always talk about Brendan Fisher's character, and I put out his stats, like his okay. neck strength. This one, he had some, he had jaw strength because he took on a full torque punch from Matt Wilson's yeah. character. Yeah, he took a full torque punch, and I mean, I'm sure that man's like 80 pounds, but that's still a, a circle punch can kill a person. So, well, you saw how he laid out Sean Astin like that, yeah. made him slide 20 feet on the yeah. ice. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, he must have so some he's, strength. Yeah. He's got some power. Uh, he obviously demonstrated very good intelligence to adapt quickly to society. Honestly, I mean. If I was sent thousands of years into the future, and obviously that's the premise of Futurama, one of my yeah, favorite shows. <laughs> but me personally, if I've been transferred that many years, I would freak out. And obviously he does, but he adjusts very quickly. So he's got, we always talk about mental fortitude, adaptability, yeah. mental fortitude. I mean, he learned how to drive a car. He parallel parks better than most of us. <laughs> yeah, so he, did. Said, he did a lot. But I mean, phys- physicality wise, we didn't get too much of his strengths. But all we know is he can take a punch. He's agile. Can, can he take a hook? Right. Oh. And, you know, mental strengths, not really there. He just he, he just repeats what people say <laughs> to him, which I think, and A plus for me on this one, this is a fantastic transition. Because if someone were to teach him a certain phrase. He would say it over and over again, right? And say it five times oh. in a mirror. Yep. <laughs> B, 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 B. So let's, let's talk Candyman now because, uh, mm-hmm. Just before we even get into it, this is a this is a perfect this is this a perfect is, horror film for me. Yeah, this is yeah, it's one of my favorite horror films. This is my top mm-hmm. five, um, and I think this was Cody's second watch and Trunks' first watch, so that was kind of yep. fun. 
I even uh, liked it more the second time. Like I know there's a lot more stuff. I actually took notes on this one. I'm prepared. Oh, perfect. So I, I'm just gonna give a quick information on the little synopsis. We kind of got deep into Encino Man. Uh, Candyman came out on October 16, 1992. Had a budget of eight to nine million. Made 25.8, uh, which was you know very well. It spawned a bunch of sequels. Has a spiritual successor in the upcoming Candyman this year that comes out in August. Uh, directed by uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, this one was Nia, Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta. Jordan she... Peele's just producing it. Yeah. Oh, he's just he's producing, just producing it. it. Okay, yeah. perfect. Then this was written Give credit and directed... where it's due. I hate you so much. You know, this is a full. This, this is a full credit <laughs> podcast. Okay, we're not cutting any quarters here. Listen. Okay. Listen. Anyways, uh, after being caught up my mistake. <laughs> it was written and directed by Bernard Rose. Uh, he he did a lot of independent stuff. Uh, nothing too, you know, out there. Like he was an un, he didn't really have any ones, but he is regarded as you know very successful filmmaker, a pioneer in digital filmmaking. Uh, he's won different awards, but he got this uh, story. Uh, it was based off Clive Barker's The Forbidden, which is really which was interesting. I mean, having Clive Barker on this was or you know kind of a, attached to it is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this movie stars Tony Todd as Daniel uh, Robitaille. Robitaille? Robitaille? I always have to pronounce that one, aka the Candyman. Uh, Tony Todd is fantastic in this. He was also known for being a Night of the Living Dead, as well as the Final Destination series, which we might cover, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in, this, in this podcast eventually. Yeah. Uh, it also has Virginia Madison uh, as Helen Lyle. She was in Dune as Princess uh, Princess Erlon. Erlon? Erlon? Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. I've never seen Dune. <laughs> you never seen Dune? Okay, I was waiting for you to correct yeah. me. You're, no, I believe you're, you. you're my uh, you're my sir. You correct me. Uh, she was also in uh, Frasier, which I mean I've never seen Frasier, but that's what Wikipedia said. And she was Frasier in Frasier and the Frasier. Yeah, podcast, that's why I connected. You know I, mean? I looked at. I was like, that's perfect. Uh, we don't talk about that Frasier though. That doesn't exist in this I, in this podcast universe. I never saw it. I was a more of a <laughs> different strokes kind of kind of kid growing up. That yeah. was that was my sitcom. That was my sitcom. Yeah. There you go. This movie's, uh, which is a, a big part of it, was the the music. This was composed by Philip Glass, who is okay, I wrote that he, down too because yeah. yeah, the sorry, sorry, the the score was incredible. It was fantastic. Um, it was like the just the use of just like the light synth and just it it set the yep. mood in every single shot and scene just so well. I literally wrote the same thing. I was like, yeah. this is from the beginning. It's like it makes you feel uneasy at the beginning a little bit too, just kind of like the suspense and the tension coming. So it's yeah, like, yeah. And that's tone what makes it for it. Yeah. And I think that's what like a lot of iconic horror movies have is great scores. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Halloween, Jaws, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, they all have their mm-hmm. iconic soundtracks to them. And I think this definitely mm-hmm. helped uh, a lot, especially, you know, when they, the scene where, you know, she, Candyman is, telling her that he ruined her reputation and now he has to kill an innocent and the music is playing. He goes like, be my victim. And Tony Todd's voice is just fantastic. What's the score going behind him? Like just going off. It's like, it's such a perfect blend of haunting and beautiful. Which I think fits. fits I think this is like so well. Cause this movie is haunting and beautiful. Like, yeah. As, as you find out. Um, Mm -hmm. So this movie is pretty much, uh, it's a Chicago grad student. Uh, who is researching different folklore and urban legends, which is already kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've talked about that I'm a big urban legend and folklore fan. So, and especially, you know, researching something like Chicago, you don't really know right. too much urban legends. I know, I know you're, you lived in Chicago for a bit, Joe. Were there any actual urban legends or folklore around that? Here's the thing. I really got to stop using living in Chicago as a basis of my personality. <laughs> because I'm for a couple years. I, yeah, I lived there for two years, and it's a it's a point in my life I'll always cherish. But I've lived with, I've lived here in Sacramento for almost four years now, and I still say like, yeah, but before this, I lived in Chicago. Like, motherfucker, that was years ago. Yeah, but you know what they say: you'd rather live two years in Chicago than four years in Sacramento. Mm. <laughs> I, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're, not, uh, you're not wrong. There. So yeah, yeah as, as the um, as the resident Chicago historian, was Candy no, candy not, no, like well, I didn't hear about any urban legends when I lived there. I wasn't looking out for, you know, <laughs> Trump. Trump just said he'd rather live in Candyman than later than Lady Bird. I think that's 
I mean, just based on survival <laughs> oh, rates in both movies, oh, that's just wrong. Um, <laughs> no, but I know that the housing projects that they focus on in Candyman, Cobini Green was a big, um, that, that was a huge deal in Chicago. Like that was just, I don't know. I, I, I'm out of loss of words. Just go on. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so she's researching this urban legends. Uh, she ends up learning about uh, the rumored Candyman after uh, the death of two cleaning ladies. Oh, she learned from two cleaning ladies, Ruthie Jean, who is a resident of Cabrini Green. And there's, she finds out, you know, there's been like about 25 murders that all kind of uh, attributed to Candyman. And so uh, that's her, where she kind of focuses her thesis on. She ends up meeting a uh, professor Philip uh, who kind of goes more into the lore. That's where you find out the story of Candyman that he was, you know, the, an artist and the son of a slave. He ended up getting in a relationship with a wealthy woman, white woman, mm-hmm. which is a big, you know, race is a big thing. This movie, uh, mm-hmm. they end up developing a relationship. I believe they had a kid. Yeah. I think it was he announced ends- that. Or yeah, they, they, they she, was she was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. And so her, her father, obviously upset that she's dating a colored man uh, orders him to be, you know, uh, killed. And so he, and they, he dies in a, a gruesome way. I believe they uh, slather him in honey. He, yeah. Well, first they cut off his hand. Oh like yeah. He cut off his hand. Yeah. So that, that's why he has a hook. So they cut off his hand. So technically this is like a prequel to saw. If you really think about it. Oh my God. That's Just because someone's hand is cut off. Doesn't mean it's a prequel to saw. If someone's hand is cut off with a rusty hacksaw, it exists in the song universe. Okay. Okay. Sure. I don't make the rules. All right. You just never mind. Go on. <laughs> so, so the, yeah, the mob cut up his right hand. So that's why he has a hook. Uh, they steal honey and they slather him in it, so he gets stung to death. Uh, funny enough that we were talking about Scrubs. That was talked about as a certain death in Scrubs. Slathering mm-hmm. JD was jelly. Mm-hmm. Maybe coincidence? I think not. Does Anyways. that mean it's in the same no, universe? It's just Joe? a coincidence. It's in, the, okay. it's just it's in the same universe. Okay. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> Uh, so before uh, Daniel, that was his name. Uh, he still had his name back then. He before he dies, he gets he transfers his soul to the mirror, and that's where he ends up getting the alias Candyman. Mm-hmm. And then his corpse is burned and it's spread over where Cabrini Green is eventually built onto. And do you want me to go more into it, or do you just want me to just kind of leave a synopsis at that? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the general, the general I synopsis know. sounds good. I mean, that's I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah, so so pretty much just kind of like piggyback on what just, you're saying is that yeah, like Helen is investigating these urban legends and then she hears about Candyman, where if you say his name five times in a mirror, then Candyman will appear pops up behind you, appears and will and will kill you with this hook pretty much. And like you said, it's just really bad yeah. deaths of just like yeah. gutting them from, you know, like growing throat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, at one point, you know. She gets attacked by the guy, someone posing as Candyman, and that's yeah. Really, so, you know... so that's where like the kind of like lore comes in here in the movie is that she thinks it's an urban legend, and it's like no, like you're not, like you don't just conjure someone. You don't. Um, yeah, it's after she yeah, saying the name five times. Yeah, it's after like, then, like we talked earlier after she uh, gave false credit to someone else is when Candyman appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's what's revealed later is the actual like supernatural candy man does exist and that's what keeps people like so afraid in these uh, housing projects but then there is a man who goes around saying he is the candy man candy man does yeah. like kill people um like it, it's never really explained like who he is yeah he's just kind of gang leader yeah kind of a gang leader and he is then after she identifies him because she's attacked pretty bad. You, you, you think yeah, she's assaulted. She's assaulted point. bad. Yeah. She gets she's assaulted. Um, and yeah, then this, this young boy is like telling her about the story about how this kid like died here recently and that Candyman killed it. And this was like one of the most shocking things in the movie, first of all, which I think is still like, it, it would be shocking if they showed it, you know, in 2021, but mm-hmm. for 1992, I feel like this would have been incredibly like disturbing to see where they show fucking castrated like young boy yeah just like yeah. bleeding out on the floor that was shocking to me. yeah that's true and at that point throughout this movie like you kind of already get like a sense of um like disorienting like flashes like you don't really know like what's real like what's not like it's kind of like it, it does a good job of keeping yourself like grounded but also like has your head in the clouds but that one um that one grounded yeah. me, you know right back yeah, down to her. I, was like, oh. I mean yeah because candy man does that to her he like kind of breaks her psyche her psyche like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I mean, after, you know, he 
comes and tells her that you know be her be be my victim she passes out and she wakes up and she's covered in blood and you know warning alert so if anyone watches the movie there is you know a dog that gets decapitated yeah yep. you don't you don't see the act you, you don't um, you don't see it but you just see but the you see that and, you see the aftermath and it's, it's yeah. pretty gross yeah which i mean obviously it's a it's a fake dog but some people still get triggered by that and uh you find out that uh was it it's a uh, anna marie's apartment her baby is stolen and that's when helen's attacked and uh by Candyman, i believe right no, so no, no, Anne-Marie Anne Marie wakes up. So at this yeah, no, point, it's at the 44-minute mark, because you, you don't see Candyman. You hear him beforehand. Yeah, you hear him beforehand. But this, this is the first time you see Tony Todd. And Anne-Marie just attacks that, I, I, I need to talk about that sequence of when okay, go ahead, Candyman go ahead. shows up in the parking lot to yeah. talk to Helen. Like, it's so just like him saying like everything to her, like just that, you know, he ruined people's faith in him and that, uh-huh. they need to re- reinstill the fear in her just like in like a trance just like and just like the, the shots that they were doing about like her eyes like being lit like just being totally just like entranced by him I was like Candyman's fucking hot <laughs> you know? yeah, he, yeah he's, he's a <laughs> he has a soothing voice <laughs> he was like be my victim I was like <laughs> taking off my shirt I was like don't mind me <laughs> you know <laughs> i was like absolutely and then that's when like the real like psychological aspect comes in because yeah like he says like, that's when she wakes up like confused in a pool of blood confused, in yeah. Marie's bathroom the baby she, she doesn't know and like yeah she's screaming because like hello if you're a fucking mom and your kid is missing like you're gonna be fucking screaming yeah uh and then helen of course is has a fucking meat cleaver in her hand um yeah. so they start attacking and then the police helen come. Is kind of yeah, yeah. Go on. She gets yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, she so Emery attacks her. Uh, her baby's stolen. Uh, mm-hmm. She defends herself, uh, and then so she gets taken to jail. And then Trevor bails her out, which is her. Uh, was your they're married husband? They're married. Yeah, yeah like, Trevor, they, Trevor was her they husband. They were having they established early on. They have like we... marital problems, but they don't really. That's not. Yeah, he was. Um, he is a uh, professor at UIC. Uh, University of Illinois in Chicago. <laughs> if y'all wanted to know what uh, UIC stands for, uh, and then it, it's kind of like never explicitly said, but like he's kind of has like this like weird relationship, like this like kind of like sexual tension with like one of his students, and you don't know what's and going then, on. Yeah, and then Helen just Helen has always just been like a devout, like just like good person, like honest wife. You know, it's just like she's like okay, yeah, like I believe you. You know, but you kind of get it set up early on that. Uh, Trevor, who I've never met a person in my life named Trevor who I liked. <laughs> I, I will know? say I also added, I wrote down, hold on. I said Trevor is a tool. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he is a tool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is a tool. And then so Candyman at this point is pretty much just like here here's the thing. I I, I want to talk about like the details of this movie. But I want people to watch this. Like, yeah, it's, that's why. That's why I kind of. That's why I kind of wrote synopsis. I didn't really want to get too deep into it because I want to give away. Yeah, the story because the story is one of the ones. This is one of the ones that we actually like care about. I think this is this is one where I'm like, yeah, let's not like, even though it's you know almost thirty years old, this movie. Like, I I don't like I don't want to ruin anything more about it. Yeah, um, yeah that's what I'm kind of at this point. That's. <laughs> I think what I'll say because I mean. There are some just fr- from there. That's when Candyman pretty much starts like messing with like Helen, but I won't get like too much into it. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot. There's there's just there's so much to this fucking movie, man. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're listening to yeah. this and you want to hear like, the full plot breakdown, um, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to give it to you. This is yeah. this, this movie's on it, it's on Tubi. Yeah. Honestly, this um, movie's regarded. I do want to. Like, yeah. I know that we we're going to move on in a minute, but there are a couple of things I wanted to mention that I noticed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's hear your take. Yeah. Let's hear your take. Uh, not, your... I, I want to make this clear. I'm not done talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on about this fucking movie for hours. Oh yeah, for sure. That, save save it for the uh, for the Patreon. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. We can, we the, can do a Patreon the, watch for the for our two, vi- our two visitors. Yeah. So I wrote okay. down that I thought it was kind of cool to see Ted Raimi at the beginning of the movie as yep, Billy. I thought cool. that that was kind of a random sort of... I mean, it probably wasn't random in 1992, but to see him that long ago in that movie was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down Trevor Jump Scare, further confirming he's a tool. So there's <laughs> that as well, when he scared yeah. Helen in bed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I also wrote that I love that they intentionally let people say Candyman a few times, but stop before five. They did that right. a few times. I thought that yeah. was really cool too. Kind yeah. of like led to the tension of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, creepy. and I also wrote, "Why are all the dudes creepy? Especially this Benjamin Franklin-looking motherfucker." <laughs> yeah. the, Benj- the, the Ben Franklin character, which I'm only going to refer to him as now, he just at, at, he just sits in a restaurant and just laughs, and then you see him once more, like towards the end of the movie. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Was that all your notes, Cody, or do you have anything else? Oh, uh, I also wrote those jackets are so '90s. And there's a oh, the jackets, yeah. The, the, yeah, the jackets that the gang members are wearing. I will, I, I have a couple fun facts that I wrote down about this movie. Um, oh, Tony Todd put it in his contract where he would get a thousand dollars if a bee stung him. And on the history of uh, is it, yeah, Eli Ross, like History of Horror on Shudder, which is a shameless Shudder plug. Um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't have it, just get it, it's it's incredibly worth the money. Um, Tony Todd said that he was stung 26 times by these bees. <laughs> so that's just $26,000 just in this man's pocket now. And um, yeah, I, I would be stung 26 times. I'd be down for that. Was Tony Todd um, Candyman in any future Candyman movies too? Yeah, so he was Candyman in all of them. And another fun fact, Eddie Murphy was once in consideration to be Candyman, which I just um. Can you yeah, imagine? Not, yeah. I, no. They were like, I think the end of the thing was like, Eddie Murphy sits at um, five nine, so they're like, he's too short. And with Candyman being like six five, he's just a much larger, more like, menacing, more intimidating, yeah. Yeah, menacing don't, don't presence. Just, you know? He's more. And then at one point, if Virginia Madsen wasn't available, uh, Sandra Bullock was going to be Helen, who was then. I could probably she, see she, that. She hadn't been in any big movies, which. Yeah. Um, I, I could have seen it, but I'm really happy with how Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, Virginia Madsen was really good in this movie. She was really, she was really good in this um, because this movie does something that I really enjoy too. When horror does this, is like you're telling someone something like the truth, and they just like no one believes. You. Yeah, you know, like no. that's in, that's incredibly unsettling. You know, I don't. Know. <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like that's one of the reasons like this because it was almost. Uh, I've heard this kind of like an elaborate campfire story. I was like the whole urban yeah. legend. Uh-huh. And all that. That was uh it wasn't just simply gore, it was you know, it was a story. Mm-hmm. Uh and I mean and something we talked about obviously earlier was the whole Encino man not you know holding up to times. This is actually yeah. something that was considered in this movie, and that I will give you know Bernard Rose credit to is that they were worried, you know, how you know racism and the stereotypes would come off. Uh-huh. That he even had he had meetings with the NAACP just to make sure everything you know was cool with them that he wasn't you know doing anything disrespectful which you know for the time yeah. 1992 was yeah you know a very very generous move to do because he could have obviously had just done it and just let whatever the chips fall but he went that extra way uh and luckily for him that uh they told him like why are you having this to me is like this movie's good fun and you know why can't you know a black actor play a ghost which i thought was you know really cool because obviously you know you had your freddy cougars right and Things like that. And so I think Tony Todd definitely helped push that, you know, for African Americans. Uh, but that was something that I, I found interesting. Too, yeah. And this movie is definitely, time. as you know, the, the more when I watched it older, you know, this movie definitely has a lot to do about race. Obviously, you know, the background of it. Yeah, Kenny without Manny's actually character. saying it too, which I think is yeah. actually really cool. Like it just it tells you through the background that that's what it has something to do. You right. know, it has something like, to do with race. Yeah. Like what I was going to say too is like this really like explores um, like white privilege too. Like how Helen, a white woman, just like decides to just go walk in a like Cabrini Green, which is like which is one of the most dangerous housing projects in Chicago history. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was just like using her, um, yeah, like I said, like her white privilege to to do all these things that no one else, or even like her friend, like Bernadette, is like, no, I'm like don't do it. Like listen to her. And then she kept like overstepping her bounds and ultimately you know you will see what happens because again watch this like just i i can't i can't stress that enough speaking of overstepping bounds <laughs> would linkovich overstep his bounds and be able to survive the world of Candyman? i'm gonna base my answer off yours what do you think uh, <laughs> I, uh, I i mean we even giving uh brendan Fraser's characters wins this whole time but i think this might be the first loss he takes <laughs> 
we've been giving him a lot of slack. I mean, we can be we can be giving him. I mean, most of the characters he's been in have had ridiculous stats right. from you know outrunning T Rexes who can run. You know, I mean, we've seen Jurassic Park. We know how fast they run. Uh, to <laughs> fighting supernatural mummies uh, yeah. and zombies from the undead. So he's he's had a lot of you know attributes coming his way, but this one, you know, yeah. this is a little tough to defend. I would say that he, if he was in the role of Helen, like he was trying to, you know, discover the urban of Candyman. Uh, I think he, depending on what Candyman wanted him to do, obviously I won't give away what happens to Helen and Candyman. I think, you know, whatever Candyman wants, he could just dispose of Linkovich easily. Yeah. Well, here's the oh, question, easy. right? Like, are you talking about if they're already fighting or if there's a potential to, because he doesn't really have the mental capacity to doubt candy man as that's true. Yeah. Well, so that's, I don't know. that's what we were kind of talking about on the, uh, again, infamous lost episode where we all had different <laughs> ways of like, what, like, where do we base this off of? And I think what we came down to, AKA what I initially thought was not would Brendan Fraser's character, win like in like a boxing match like a one against the main antagonist in the movie. Yeah. but like would would he survive the events of of, of yeah. the movie yeah the way i see it is like i would instead of helen uh it's linkovich and he's been given the same task that. yeah I'm, i, I don't, don't think that, that happening. I, don't think, I think like cody said i don't think he even gets past the first stage i don't <laughs> think he ever i don't think he ever goes no. to cabrini green i think he's too busy <laughs> parallel parking and no Boogie one taught him on. how to say Candyman, so he can't yeah. say that five times. Sure. <laughs> if, if we're going that route, then yeah, that's that's you know, <laughs> if no one teaches him that word, then but yeah, put maybe. him halfway through the movie, then no, there's no way. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, he's if, he's um. If he's if he's Helen's he's secretary, sure. he's he's dead immediately. Yeah. <laughs> if she's given a secretary and it's Linkovich, he's yeah. immediately he's immediately slaughtered. One hundred percent. Now I will I will credit that he was frozen for years, so he survived that somehow. But no, I don't think he survives I mean, Candyman like at I all. Mean, you, can, uh, you can attribute that to him being <laughs> Link. You, you just attribute that to him being a human being that's frozen solid. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I said, he, he, he can make a him tough. <laughs> He's tough. Yeah. He could take a beating, but can uh, he, he take a one hook punch? To the yeah, can he take a hook? Yeah, yeah. He, hooks are different than he, a punch. He can take a right hook, but he can't take a metal hook. You know what I mean? Who would win a dance off? Candyman or Linkovich? Oh, Linkovich, for sure. Did you see his moves? Uh, it's true, but I mean, I, sw- I feel like Candyman could put down a good... No. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. Candyman, <laughs> didn't, Candyman didn't make noise when he walked. He was so elegant. And he was so graceful. Yeah. And that yeah. was another thing. I, I, I didn't write down, but I, I just know this fact that um, Bernard Rose had Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen take ballroom dancing lessons for like several weeks up until... like shooting this movie and i feel that really comes across on screen because of just like that romantic you like, could see that i guess definitely. i guess someone would say oh, like gothic romantic like, i don't know like there's just there's so much about Candyman that's just so good and i think, I it think doesn't the really idea get... is like it's supposed to build the chemistry right so it's like when yeah. you see it on screen yeah and the so chemistry like, is there shows. 100%. yeah and it's a shame because i feel like i watched Candyman. yeah i watched Candyman for the first time last year and growing up I always feel like it was just lumped in with all the other major franchises. Mm-hmm. You know, like I thought Candyman was like, yeah, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, or Michael Myers. You know, I thought it was just like another one of those. So I just kind of like put it off. But I'm really glad that I, yeah, I ultimately watched so it because this is this. Yeah, you've been advocating this for years. If, if there's one thing about Cisco that I can say positively that he's consistent. <laughs> I've been on the Candyman train for years. I've been trying to get people on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really crazy. I did. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> it's just it's just Candyman imported into your brain. Just... <laughs> um, yeah, so I I think this movie is absolutely fucking incredible. I think it's yeah definitely top five horror movies for me. And I just I really want everyone to see it. I'm really excited for this reboot slash um, like sequel successor. that they're doing. Yeah, and and I heard that the two Candyman movies that came out in the '90s afterwards, one Farewell to the Flesh was released in theaters and i think the last one was sent just straight to video yeah. i heard they're not great yeah no, um, not, but as like of, just like a as like a one standalone like film like this is absolutely incredible 
And I think Jordan Peele, who has shown, and we'll talk about more of his movies, like when we get to those years, he just demonstrates like a real love for the genre. And even though he's just producing, like, I know like this is going to be like in good hands, you know? I hope at least. I mean, if nothing else, like um, the Invisible Man movie that they just released kind of gives me hope for reboots of an older franchise yeah. to kind of mm-hmm. do it justice. So, yeah, yeah I think Man, I think yeah. these I think these reboots, when they're given the right writers, producers, and directors, are like they're in good hands. Yeah, and I mean, the like, Invisible Man showed that it doesn't have to be a straight copy of what the movie was. Like they did the whole different thing, right? In this newer one compared to the one that came out in the earlier uh, years. Save that. Save that for our we yeah, no, podcast. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> <laughs> where we dive into his this, uh, his filmography, which he is. I mean, I could talk about him too. That's for another day. That that's gonna be that, that that's for another day. So, okay. Final thoughts. We yeah. So are we all in agreement that Link is a uh, is a goner he's, in this one? He's oh, he's slashed. Yeah. yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead for sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's dead. He's he's meeting his family. <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, let's just say he's going back in the ground. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, dog, the dog lives longer than he did. Well, first of all, he was like it's like fall in Chicago. He'd be dead just by the elements alone. Yeah, you know, what I mean, well, we, we already like, said he survived. He survived freezing temperature. Why wouldn't he survive Chicago's weather? As someone who lived in Chicago for two years, again, this is my personality. Uh, you need more than a block of ice to survive. You know what I mean? You just uh, get a coat. You know, get a down jacket. <laughs> get some goose feathers on you. You know, his loincloth isn't going to work. The North Face loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. With that being said, thank thank you so much for listening. Um, you can please you know check us out on Instagram. We're at the Horror Throwdown Podcast currently, unless like I said, we'll get hacked again. Um, and then if yeah, if you like listening to us talk about like horror and Brendan Fraser, please like, rate, subscribe to wherever you really listen to your podcasts. Um, again, the, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, and can't thank you all enough. And we're excited to share these next couple of weeks with you. Um, if you're I friends. think next week we can safely say I think we're. Uh, very yeah, much like we we're we got the schedule down and i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked about that so the next episode after this is going to be 2003 and we're going to talk about uh, looney tunes back in action which is on hbo max so if you want to watch it with us that is coming off hbo max at the end of april hey i'm not and on that one right that up no uh okay thank no. god <laughs> do you know what you are on that one and we're pairing <laughs> that up with uh <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses, which is uh, controversial, and Trunks is excited about. We'll probably have him dump into a little bit. I've only seen it once before, so I, I don't remember much of it. I know Cisco has Ugh. firm. We're, we're gonna go. We're gonna go from a poetic horror movie to uh, just a <laughs> let's kill everybody in that evil wind horror movie. Yeah, yeah. This this is what we do for it. You don't you don't know. Here's the thing about this podcast, dude. You never know what you're going to get. We, we can talk about, you know, beautiful poetic movies such as Candyman, or we can argue about what our favorite Census Fail album is. And I'm partial mm-hmm. to still searching. You know, I, I think, I think Cisco, you're a let it unfold, you're a let oh, it yeah, unfold, you boy. Yeah, yeah I am. Yeah. Definitely am. I think Cody's just happy to be here. And then I don't think Trunks <laughs> has ever heard a Census Fail song. <laughs> can, I, can I just make a suggestion for the next podcast? Yes. Yeah. Trunks, can you just not talk so damn much next time? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's too much, too much drunk voice. He's a, he, he's a loud one, you know? Uh, he's a backbone. He's a backbone. Without him, we're a slug. He makes us a uh, but, but again, find us on Instagram at Horror Throwdown Podcast. Um, and wherever you subscribe and listen to your podcast, please um, enjoy. Thank you, Cody Riley, for joining us today. You're an excellent first guest. You took more notes than I did, and I appreciate that. Pick up, pick I a am... movie for me to be a part of next time. You know what? I'm gonna pick one to be a part yeah. of next time. No, you because you're gonna pick the fucking collector, and I'm not gonna watch it. No, it, you know what? I checked; it didn't come out the same year as something he was in, which is why I suggested Rise of the, or GI Joe. And you said that doesn't count. So yeah, I, we've been teasing this kind of a bit. If, if if we do like bonus episodes like that, like I'd be down to do collector and. G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. I, I would He's sit there. Literally that in that movie for 45 seconds. So I yes, mean I would watch watch 45 <laughs> seconds of that movie. Yeah. I'm in, especially with the G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes movie coming out. 
Yeah. You know what? Guys. Hold on one second. I want to see. I'm trying to see if there's a movie that he was in I haven't seen yet that I want to be a part of. Who? Brendan? Oh, well, this is this yeah. is just fun to do while we're still recording. So oh, fine. Then I'll just do it later. Airtime. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so again, for the hoarder, or the hoarder, or the horror throwdown podcast, Frasier edition, I'm Joseph Kincaid. This is going to our producer, Charles Cody Riley, signing off. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Okay. Hey, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! Don't do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh.